Welcome back to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I have seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and this is my first time working through the series. And today we are reviewing season one, episode four, titled Pledging Mr. Johnson. Director is Richard J. Lewis. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker, only because Nick sent me a link to a TED talk where he was talking. <laughs> so it is Zyker. Josh Berman, who I feel has written Trek, and I want to look into that. And Eli Talbert, original air date was October 27, 2000. And we return back to strip shots for the intro. So right. no desert, no anything else. We're just back, back to shots of the strip, of the Vegas Strip. My partner shouts over my shoulder. My partner's name is Tara. For those of you at home, she goes, oh, it's the Bellagio or the MG Ever put out that was. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they're back on the Vegas thing. <laughs> back on the Vegas. I'm going to keep, I should keep like a calendar tracker or something. Like, you know, what on a scale of one to five, how much Vegas is in the opening, opening uh, montage. That would be fun to find out. Because I think so far out of four episodes, we've only had one that was like not really Vegas was the last one. Yeah. And otherwise it's all been shots of Vegas. And we quickly pop over to a boat with two fishermen. They're chit-chatting. And they try to start the boat. It's not starting. Only to find out that it's caught on a foot in a heel. So they yeah, pull out like, the heel, the, the shoe first, and then followed by the very obviously waterlogged foot yeah. and leg. I will, I will say I initially thought this was going to go in a much different direction. Okay. Sort of like the red stiletto heel. I was recalling back to the call girls. Oh, in episode the, one. From the earlier episode, yeah. And we're, I think it's uh, there it is, uh, Lake Mead, by the way. Oh. Okay. Uh, they never say it. It's just so weird. They don't ever it's say so, it. It's such a big deal. So that's where the Hoover Dam is. And yeah, there's so this red, it's, it, you know, I guess like, you know, it's just a, a lower part of a leg. So it's not like nylons or stockings or anything, but it's just sort of like that idea of like, you know, sticking the leg out from under the dress and just like yes the red like shoe exposing showing. the ankle yeah i got that like image in my head i was like oh it's gonna like this is like a another escort or a call girl or something mm-hmm. and then it was totally not that at all they there was never even spoiler alert direction. she was not um, a call girl so that may have been my very first prediction, prediction. of this episode okay. where i was like i mean it wasn't really a prediction i didn't write it down as such but i was like oh it's gonna be this and then it was never even close to that. And I was like, oh, stop making such general assumptions, Nick. <laughs> Get on it, Nick. Catherine arrives on the, uh, arrives. Christmas already on the scene. Jim Brass then shows up, asks if it's drowning. And Grissom poses a very good question, which is why would you wear three inch heels in a lake? Yeah. To which all I could think of is, I don't know, like dinner cruise or like... <laughs> Nick's like, here's all these perfectly good no, examples of yeah. why you would wear three-inch heels. And you were like... I was, I was like, that part didn't see me. And then the best part is, we do find out later, there's a marina. Yes. Know? Like, but... It's not it, that outlandish to think that someone would dress up in where they could go, like, what areas yeah. they could access in this boat. So it's kind of like... But it is a... I mean, it's a good question. They have very limited information to work off of. Yes. I think the one of the mantras in CSI so far is, like, start with the... Ep- with the evidence in front of you. Yes, follow the evidence, right? Yeah. Yep. We go to credits, and then we pop on over to the locker room with Nick and Warwick, where Nick 
for no reason, does not have a shirt on. I believe there is a reason. Well, yeah. So if Sarah comes in, there's definitely some like heavy flirtation going on between Nick and Sarah. I wrote flirty. Oh, I guess that's the only one. Oh, yeah. Well, You're like flirty. I, there's more to it, but I, it's, it's getting it. I thought it was also all on the same lines, but the next word I wrote was fraternity. And that is yeah, we're nothing, there in a bit. Nothing, nothing to do with that. Fine, shoot. And, well, just fine. <laughs> That's harassment. Hey, we have one locker room, and it's my job to be observant. Right. Evidence vault opens in five. See you guys later. Later, Easy. bro. Yeah, and then Catherine is at the morgue. We learn that the leg was severed post-mortem. Grissom arrives with the rest of the body, oh, or what I, they assume is the rest of the body, and then is confirmed as the rest of the body. I, I do have one other note. So this, I wasn't mm. sure how much. So they, they mentioned in the in the locker room scene with the shirt, yes. right? So they're talking. I, I, I think they mentioned that they have a case, right? That's what they mentioned. Yeah, the, Sarah comes in and says, like, hey, we have, a, yeah, we have a case at the fraternity. Yep. But then she says to him, you're not going to wear that shirt are you and he goes it's yes. hideous but then she as she leaves he starts to unbutton his shirt again yes yeah, so he changes his shirt, shirt. Yeah. well that's like interesting dynamic right so yeah, a little he, like he takes it to heart what sarah yeah, said to him he, he puts value in her judgment that's a good point so the more grissom brings back in the rest of the body they ask if a rape kit has been collected the morgue attendant says you know always and then there's a fairly drawn out and i know that the first time i watched this it did make me a little bit squeamish it doesn't make me squeamish now where Catherine has to wear the skin Catherine of the to. woman because her fingers are small enough grissom can't do it his fingers aren't small enough so Catherine has to wear the skin to be able to get prints to get usable prints from the the waterlogged body the only thing i wrote down is why can't the coroner do this dramatic effect yes i know dramatic effect i did also jot down that grissom's like oh we'll know by lunchtime and i will say that csi kind of kicked off like a forensic interest for me Mm -hmm. and one of the biggest things that they complain about about csi is the csi effect like it's legitimately called the csi effect and it's wherein people sitting on a jury think that results are immediate okay yeah and that's not how it works there was no way that they would like know by lunchtime who the victim was trying to run these prints. Like that's not yeah. a realistic time frame whatsoever. So maybe just today. for those of you who are listening that are also interested in forensics, I love CSI, but I do accept that it's not a hundred percent realistic. I wonder if it's like easier or faster now, like with it probably is in some like degree. Database and computers, but like when you like have like a like a piece of paper with a blotch on it where you've taken a fingerprint or some other medium that you've taken a fingerprint on. Even if you have a database that could do stuff, you have to get it sort of scanned in and into that. Mm-hmm. And I imagine there's preparatory steps, there's oh, quality yeah. checks. You know, you probably have to send it at least down to someone else in the in your department. So yeah, I was like, I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, I will say, having served on a, a very long jury duty, that people really do bring up crime shows. Oh, I'm sure they do. I've never, I have never been called on jury duty. I got called for jury duty a bunch when I was younger. Never had to serve on a jury. Actually, when I was 18 years old and still in high school at the tail end oh, wow. of my senior year. I set, I I got to I had to miss school because that's being in school is yeah, not like, an excuse yeah legally for you have to be there and we watched Titanic and then they set us on the lunchtime but then like I had a bunch of things and then I had I moved to where I live now and for like eight years 
or, or something. I had never been called for jury duty and, or actually maybe it wasn't. I was like five or six years I hadn't been called for jury duty. And then one day I got a jury duty thing and I was, and we were going to Europe and I couldn't go. And they were like, well, when are you going to be back? And they, and I was like, oh, I'll be back this day. Okay. So as long as you can show up on this Monday, because there's like, it's a federal, I went to federal grand, federal jury duty. Oh, okay. And it works a little differently. You have to show up, like, you could potentially have to show up any day for like a month. Okay. And be sat in a jury. They're like, that's fine. They knew it was coming. We, there were like 180 people and they disqualified like half of them to seat this jury. And the trial went for over two months. And I had a job that thankfully will pay you for whatever period of time you're on jury duty. That's nice. Uh, I mean, every I, job should, but I'm glad that your job yeah. actually did it. But I also had a boss who definitely held it against me. That doesn't <laughs> and, surprise me. And I just, and I, yeah, I spent two, like you see this little every day, Monday to Friday, get, go to courtroom. You're there till five o'clock, go home. You're hanging out with the same jurors and you're not, you know, it's like, it's interesting. You're not really supposed to be talking about stuff and people talk about stuff all the time. And, but that CSI effect or law and order, all these different, all the true crime shows and podcasts out there too. Yeah. People really get, get, get into it and they really want to share their opinion every time a piece of evidence gets shown. Yes. Yes, they do. It's called the CSI effect. So after that slightly unsettling scene, we go to Sarah and Nick arriving at the fraternity. They find the victim hanging. No suicide. No. There's one thing in the the morgue scene that I wrote down because they they t- they asked about rape and they're going to do yeah. Like a rape they kit. asked if the rape kit was collected. They talked about struggle and she said the right shoulder was dislocated and the skull was fractured. Okay. Yeah. And that's that comes all up becomes, later, guys. That becomes important later, but it's also important for one of my predictions. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. So I want to make sure, sure we cover that. So we quickly go to the frat. They find the victim hanging. No suicide note. We then move to Catherine at headquarters. They have magically ID'd the victim in a very short period of time, and they identify her as Wendy Barger, which I had to stop, rewind, to grab it. I was, like, starting to write it as it was going by. So, Wendy Barger. And they also discover that the rape kit is positive for semen, but they're not 100% sure if rape occurred or not. They know that sex occurred. They're not entirely sure if rape occurred or not. Mm -hmm. And now we move to Catherine and Grissom talking to the husband he explains that they have a cabin by Colville Bay and after some pressing he also admits that they have not had sex three to four months meaning that semen wasn't the husband's and they were all over him too right all over him like like we don't we don't think you're having sex with your wife (laughs) yeah they were like "Mm, look at you look at her Mm." Catherine was like I mean, why would you say the average is one week, if that's what you're at? Yeah, because he originally said that it was like once a week or once every other week, because that's the average. And then they pushed him further, and he was like, it's been three or four months. Yeah. I mean, they did also know that, like, it's like they had this whole thing where it's like, what kind of husband doesn't call in his wife who's been missing for three days? Right. So, yeah. likely they're, quite, they're, quite they're estranged. Looking, they're looking at the husband with some red flags waving gently mm-hmm. around his face. We move on over to Sarah and Nick interviewing. I labeled them the frat bros because yeah. I don't know their names at this point. So I was I, like, they're interviewing frat bros. I wrote frat boy A and frat boy B. That's fair. And I think 
on the second watching, I got I confused myself. Oh, because, and mixed them up. Well, no, it's because the first time through, I thought, oh, this is the president, and this is his like lackey friend. Okay. And it was actually the other way around. So I kept calling the guy who's really kind of in charge, frat boy. B. B. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wait, why did I? Why did I write that? Oh. I meant the other guys. So, yeah. Names well, they be super important. They let Frat Boy, who you thought was Frat Boy A, do a lot of the talking at the beginning. So yeah. you're led to believe that he's the main person because he's the one doing the majority of the talking. While Frat Boy, technically A, but you labeled him B, was kind of standing yeah. in the background. Oh, no. There's still Frat Boy A and Frat Boy B. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, yeah. I just they, they, I just had to remember which one was. It. So they explain that James, the victim, didn't get into the frat. And when Sarah asks, like, you know, how, you know, how do you think that he, how do you think he took that news? They were like, how do you think he took it? AKA, like, you found his body. Yeah. Like, that's obviously how he took it. Womp, womp, womp. These guys are so troll, right? Yes. Well, especially frat boy B. I do get uh, their names at some point. I don't. I don't have their names at this point, but I do eventually. I another stop. Rewind. Hal, grab the name. Hal, I believe, is frat boy B. It's Kyle and Matt. Nope. Nope. Guess not. It's <laughs> Kyle and Matt. Which one's the? Which one's the president? The guy whose father is Kyle. Well, which will come up later. Kyle. So yeah, it's Kyle yeah. and Matt. So yeah. So Kyle is particularly like dismissive. I think. Of yes the seriousness of the situation yeah he's very cavalier about it yeah yeah it's it, it's also like mind like the scene is like the whole premise is like so mind-blowing that like they're just like letting these kids like stay in this house right like they they haven't like cleared out the whole house yeah no they've they've put you know sarah said in the scene where they found the body she said hey we want to interview all of them don't let them leave mm-hmm. but it still seems like a standard frat house yeah when we're in those scenes with them like it doesn't yeah. you know you don't see any police officers around or caution tape over the door or anything they but seem they, yeah, pretty they just, freely willing to be able to go wherever they want to yeah they just have this attitude like oh yeah it happened oh well no yep. one cares yep like man we and didn't really like, care oh, about him right. anyway he wasn't he you know he didn't fully pledge so yeah who cares we follow warwick to court and he meets the judge so nick's prediction that this storyline was not over was correct and judge is back judge is back and he tells warwick that you know there's one last thing they wants them to do and then they'll be square and it's to essentially break the chain of custody for the henderson rape case because the judge owes the family yeah like you don't get to be judged without treading some favors kind of thing yeah which is probably sadly very true yeah yeah and then we Does go to he... a much lighter scene of Sanders, like, jamming out. He's in the lab. Is, Sanders, has... Sanders, who Nick was like, does he come back? And I was yeah. like, yes, he does. Is back. He's got, he's got a big role in this episode. I was going to say, is the judge, see, is this where he has that line where, where they talk about, like, oh, I'm on probation still. Yes. For war work and stuff. Yes. I wrote down this quote. And it was the judge. He's like, oh, the judge is like, don't worry. I've got your back. And war goes, yeah, I feel you back there. Yes, this is when it, that's when and that I was happens. Like, I, was, I was like, I like that line. I don't know why. It is a good line. It's, it's a really good line. So we have Sanders jamming. We find out that the DNA isn't the husband's that's on the boat. My phone didn't identify that song. Oh, it didn't? No. Oh, they reference oh. like Rage Against the Machine later in the episode. But he says that he's listening to like a dissertation uh, yeah, on yeah. like 
DNA yeah. microbiology or something. Not music, so I didn't know if that was it, but yeah, it was like it was too too brief for my phone to yep. pick up. And then Grissom promises to tell the husband when they know, so the husband, you know, kind of confronts them, and mm-hmm. Grissom says, "Hey, like once we know something." will let you know and Catherine, you know thinks that the wife was seeing someone else yeah and we quickly pop over to warwick checking out evidence which we are led to assume is the henderson rape case he, evidence he, so him for him to break the it. custody yes he asked for it so it's okay this is the henderson rape case so this is where we're led to believe that he's going to break the chain of custody and let this person go as a fear to the judge Grissom shows up and lets Warwick know that he's a CSI three, so they can both we we yeah. solve mystery. Both Nick and Warwick can be yeah. CSI three at the same well, time. You know what? It, I have questions uh, <laughs> that will be answered, but I have them. Uh, <laughs> Unanswered questions. We had a time skip. I remember last episode I pointed out yes. they said it had been several weeks. Mm-hmm. It's now clearly been a little bit more time. They've certainly had this whole Henderson rape case that we've never heard of before. But the but so like presumably. And not even presumably, I believe in the last episode, even work, it was involved in solving the case. And so that would have been his 100th solve if he had no other solves. True. And, and they didn't have a morning breakfast, let's go out and get donuts no, uh, no before, we, before we find out our coworker has died. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, so, and so he wasn't immediately promoted to CSI 3. And Grissom kind of says it like, yeah, I promoted you because you deserve it. You know, he has that sort of connotation like yes. you know you know you do deserve it you've earned it and so that that just made me think like do they have a thing where it's like you know guys we're only going to have it like i'm thinking back to because brass used to be in charge when this Correct. competition was going on yes. brass is like you know we only have it in the butt i, I could just picture this from him one of you gets it whoever gets to 100 first is going to be csi3 and then they have this big competition which is just would just be such a violation of <laughs> probably you know laws around so. fair comp- competition yeah. but then now now it's also like for money like grissom's actually in charge remember yes. last week i was like is yeah like, what? there was some debate. i don't understand the brass is back part but grissom still is in charge so the boss of the whole thing is still working third shift although they do a lot i also i i skipped we skipped over this earlier but they mentioned they're on a, another double yes right? and yep. i just went i just put a little note i was like i think this whole i think we're gonna get a lot of doubles because i think it's a lot easier to shoot during the daytime than it they, is in the middle of the night they may have made a mistake during the pilot by making this the graveyard shift and i think we're just gonna have a lot of doubles and for a while and we'll we, we might we might i'm trying to we're trying to remain spoiler yeah, no alert spo- free where we can or they'll all get promoted to daytime shifts yes, <laughs> yes. we cut on over to jim brass eating and this is definitely a scene where finally humanize jim brass a little bit like he's a little bit funny he's a little bit like camaraderie with the people that he's working with but he lets Catherine know that you know through his interviews that if she was if wendy was cheating then the friends don't know anything about it like the friends are totally in the dark if she's cheating and there's just like a little like playful back and forth with Catherine and Jim Brass where he like mentions being married to her and she's like oh like you wish or like in your dreams and he's like oh oh you know like yeah. I, I feel like this is a much needed softening of Jim Brass that we missed in the first three episodes where he was really coming across very harsh this this Taking I feel humanized him a little bit. Taking the edge off 
Taking the edge off. That's a good way to say it. Old Captain Brass. Old Captain Brass. Now just a lonely detective. He still eats in their break room. He does. Which he wants to hang to out me, with the CSIs. They're cool. Science people are cool people. Team? I'm not really. It's not. It's not. It's not clear at this point where his, no, it's what his current role is. No. And we have a Catherine and Grissom walk and talk. And as they're you know starting to do this, work comes up and asks Grissom for guidance. And that kind of like ends yeah. that. He says he's stuck scene? in purgatory. Yes, he says he's stuck in pur- purgatory. There, we kind of glossed over this. Uh, when Grissom interrupted him before, he was like hemming and hawing over signing of the yes. evidence, right? Like, yes, he was definitely having a internal struggle as to whether to do what the judge asked him to do or not. And then I think in some way, like the whole, hey, you're CSI 3, also because like, I like this job. I don't want to. You know, we yeah, had the whole thing last week. What I'm doing. Whole thing last week with Catherine, where he said we got to do things the right way, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do, the, you know, you don't get to decide who's the boss. And I think that that's that would that's the inflection point for him, right? Is that and so he sort of like comes back out, and then Grissom's, you know, he's the the elderly statesman figure, so he goes to Grissom for for judgment. We'll find out more about that later. But Spider-Man. I I kind of like the way they did that and broke it up in two scenes. Yes, I do too. Two. I thought that was really good. We move on over to Nick and Sarah with a new coroner. Like, I guess they have two coroners on night shift. Because oh, yeah, this they is had not the different... woman that we're used to. They had, like... Oh, no. A... It's daytime now. Remember, they're doing a double. Oh, you're right. So this must be the daytime coroner. Okay, yeah. you are 100% right. This, this must be the daytime those, coroner. This so... is one of those 1230 autopsies yes. that Grissom gets So this is for. daytime coroner with Nick and Sarah. And obviously, they're leaning towards this being a suicide. They found him, you know hung in his room but the coroner points out that generally speaking with hangings there's teeth marks on the tongue and that there are no teeth marks so while he did die of asphyxiation he was not hung and then there's this hilarious scene where he lifts up the tarp yep that's on the victim and says like how did he get this on his penis yeah like and nick is and nick is so prude and like won't even look uh, sir you have to look at dead bodies all the time like you have you, know, you have seen you've solved 100 um, cases you've had to see at least 25 penises at this point <laughs> yeah i was i was thinking like the, you use the word prude i was like i don't even know if this is really the right term for it maybe it's, it's not. almost homophobic right mm, it's like this you could thing, be right young maybe i'm giving young maybe i'm men, giving nick because i've seen I've seen Nick's evolution. Maybe I'm giving Nick the benefit of the doubt, yeah. wherein if I was watching this the first time, I'd be like, wow, grow up. It's just another man's penis. Yeah. And he's dead, so don't worry about I, it. And, and maybe it's not the return, because it's not really like fear, but it's more like there's just a general discomfort that some yes. men have with other naked men and things yes. like that, that they usually often get over in gym class. And you would think the angle of like frat boy that nick played like you think that in also you know years of being in csi it wouldn't be a thing but it does play for that funny moment where sarah's kind of like what what is the problem here dude? yeah sarah's like i'll look at it i don't it yeah. like doesn't bother me whatsoever i'll take a gander it's yeah. it's part of the case we need to figure out what's going on here they leave it a little mysterious too they don't tell you what it is just no think. they just say like how did this get on they don't say what the the this is they just say how did this get on his penis <laughs> And they've they've alluded to this already, right? That Nick was in a fraternity. Yes. And throughout this episode, there's a lot of like, I kind of know what's going on in all these moments, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, is this embarrassment over like, I can't believe I used to be that guy? 
Right. And so that was the other the, the other component where I was kind of like, I'm not really sure what they were trying to say Convey. there. But something, something along the but he It is kind of funny that he's just uncomfortable with it. And yeah. Yeah. Get over it. Get over yourself. We return to the frat house and there's a back and forth where Nick and Sarah are trying to get, we still don't have their names at this point, but frat bros to admit that they practice hazing. They're adamantly no it's against the rules we could lose the house the we don't do any we don't do any hazing yeah well it's also you're the first time you get this estate passed a law. like this kid who thinks he knows the law yes kyle kyle yep yeah it, there's a couple hazing scenes so i'm trying to make sure that i that i remember the the timing right but they ask about the ink here right yeah so they let them know that they they found the you know like writing on james penis and mm-hmm. that's when the frat bros cave a little bit and say well there is an initiation we don't do hazing yeah. but there's an initiation into the fraternity yeah. and they cut to a reenactment of you know the frat the the boys who are looking to be initiated into the fraternity they're all in like a few rows and frat official frat boat bros are saying hey it's time to be signed and they also oh, this is the scene where they question like james's like drive to really yep. like do you really want to be part of this fraternity like you're yep. so low in points don't like they're kind of questioning him and this <laughs> i had to laugh at this again i don't know if this was like a 2000 or but they like mention his johnson and then they go to explain to sarah what a johnson is and sarah's yes. like i know what a johnson is like i, I, d- I don't need yeah, you i don't the, need you to stop and tell me what this a johnson is the, you got 100 points for a signature on, on your johnson yes on your johnson the, the signatures are from girls on campus although yes but they, kyle they typically go down to sorority row they yes say. they're supposed to go down to the sorority and get signatures at the sorority but kyle at this point claims that he caught james cheating and he was signing himself and they kick him out and they dump beer all over him Mm -hmm. and humiliate him and they make a big deal about the humiliation yes and how like how is that not hazing yep so i i I have a prediction here that frat boy b who is really kyle yes because of his general aggression that he's had Mm -hmm. towards this kid the whole time i'm thinking like they got they got kicked out and so my my prediction this time was that they're gonna get in a fight and he's gonna like choke the kid out Okay. Right, and then and then he stages the hanging after that. So I mean, which is not a hundred percent accurate, but it, we did but start together. I do have an update to this later on, though. So we'll okay. wait till we get there, right. yeah. uh, where I I sort of a little bit more accurate, I think, but with a lot more information. So. Okay. But yeah, that was the the first first prediction. Is I I was like, okay, well, clearly he didn't hang himself at this point, right? And it's like we're thinking these two people. This guy hates this other guy for some reason, right? And that yes. much I could tell. So I was like, You're like, why does he hate him? Yeah, we he's find like, out later. yeah. I was like, so my guess is they get a fight. He kills the kid, and then they he's they're covering it up. So I did correctly guess the person. I just okay. didn't correctly guess the motivation, the cause of the cause of death, and the motivation. Yeah. 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 We move on to a different storyline we're calling the judge, where he's letting him know that he wants to meet him in person. And then we quickly cut back to Catherine and Grissom with the nighttime, the night shift coroner, mm-hmm. where we discover that there was green paint 
in Wendy's head wound. There was no water in the lungs, so she did not drown. And she also had a very nice dinner that included calamari. Fried calamari. Fried calamari, which I have not had in a while. And I, do which, like, I do like me some fried calamari. I, it's one of those things I just had to let slide. I'm, I'm not entirely sure you could tell if the calamari was fried three hours yeah after by the digestive process at that point that's fair could add like french fries and calamari or something yeah, yeah yeah and we follow that vein to Catherine and grissom arriving at a restaurant they ask a ref, uh, waitress if wendy was there they and Catherine says oh she ordered the calamari the waitress quickly quips back everybody orders the calamari because i guess this is the only place near vegas or near this like lake yeah. that you can order calamari yeah <laughs> i have this note like this is like this trope that is developing where it's like this is the only place in x, only x place. miles only where place. such and such can happen that grissom always knows about yep right and you know there, there's only so many gold mines between you know yeah. and, with next to they're able to narrow down the search very easily very yeah, so very they, easily they which that, i don't think is how it works in real life they use that trick a lot but yeah and i think at this point it was pretty I, the real time ever done the prediction is a little bit later but at this at this point i think it's pretty obvious that we're all on you know team she was cheating yes so the waitress admits that she or recollects that she came in with a guy he's a regular he's a good tipper and so we follow that to Catherine and grissom talking to mr swelco swelco aka the man that wendy is cheating with mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't believe that she's dead he thought like he's in the process of divorcing from his wife they're separated she thought he thought wendy was going to file for divorce but she was afraid of hurting her husband and he you know he seems pretty forthcoming he says like after dinner they went to the you know the marina or maybe not after dinner they went to the marina they, they made love the she dinner, left dinner they took was the at the, yeah they had dinner at the marina that's where yes. the restaurant is and this is important because they said like she would park her car at the marina they take the boat from the marina to his yes. place so to, so to not be able to track her car her car in the driveway yeah, they didn't want her car in the driveway. And all I can think is, like, you're worried that, like, this guy who probably lives a half a mile up the road in his giant mansion that they showed on the lake. Like, someone's going to see your car. Car, You were at a busy restaurant. Right. <laughs> in a marina with him for dinner wearing, a, you know, I assume a nice outfit. They never actually, they, they always, they keep insinuating that these people knew each other for another reason and they never yeah, so they knew why. each other casually but they didn't ex- they didn't establish yeah. what that actually meant and and so i just assume that it's because they have property in the same area and so they've met each other at social events and things which is why like i think like they're, 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 the marina's fine but all that being said that that is still an important thing i actually at this point do don't think swellco has anything to do okay you think he seems, innocent they, at this point yeah he's got quite the cry going you know he does seem he does seem genuine he's very forthright with information i at this point was ready to make a prediction that i thought swellco's wife killed her <laughs> no i mean th- that would make sense right this character we haven't met yet we haven't met but coming uh, from left but, field but has been alluded to mm-hmm He's just leaving his wife, right? He just broke up with her, yep. right? That's what he says. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is one of those things. Like, they're trying to trick me. They haven't shown this character yet. And I was like, I was like, wife. I was like, I said, the hu- I wrote the husband is too weird. I was like, something else is going to happen with this guy, right? But, like, I thought he was going to, like, ruin the case and they weren't going to be able to make an arrest or something. Yeah. Which, 
isn't really true but yeah i was like i was like this that i was like swellco isn't the murderer i was like i think it's gonna have to be like his wife all right and that was my uh, prediction at the end of that scene and it didn't go well (laughs) (laughs) that's that's not what happened truthfully any prediction i made at that point wasn't gonna go well well speaking of the husband they catherine grissom leave mr swellco's house to find the husband outside where he admits that he followed them mm-hmm. and which i wrote in parentheses creepy oh yeah and obviously i know how this episode ended but i still wanted to know that that was creepy that the husband followed them and was like just outside the house and Catherine tells grissom that she you know wants to tell him about the affair and that she had wished she knew about eddie's affair we learn a lot more about eddie going forward just a, yeah I, I was just like, a I, fyi I, this is a spoiler alert i don't mind spoiling for you we learn a whole lot more about eddie as the series progresses right. i assume they keep mentioning him i feel like they were teeing him up to be a referential character yeah he he definitely comes back in quite a few episodes and is talked about quite quite frequently so we learn a lot more about eddie the uh yeah i was like surprised the husband it's so weird to follow like to follow them so weird so weird and they don't seem they don't seem arrest that dude yeah they don't seem perturbed by it at all and Mm. that does not seem natural to me she's very quick to want to tell him uh, there's something she said in the the scene with the brass though she she alluded to like people who don't cheat never suspect this yes. is cheating right she's talking yes. about her personal experiences and so you know i she's empathizing with the husband at this point right that's why she wants to tell him yes because of her own past we have a quick scene with Catherine and War- uh, no, I was going to say Catherine and War- Catherine and Grissom in his office where they talk about the boat not being at the marina. Yep. So they go look, boat's not at the marina. We quickly pop over to Sarah and Nick with the coroner giving their prelim where they found raw calf's liver in the throat. And so the cause of death is choking. They also find found microscopic fabric fibers in yeah. the throat as well. Was it, you so, said it was cat liver? Cod liver? Cat calves. C a l f calves. I did. Mm. This was another pause. Go back. Yeah. Watch it again with subtitles on to see what they was, were saying. <laughs> I was not really sure. I was just thinking like liver is notoriously bad smelling so you kind of see what my mom enjoys it my mom will eat some will eat some liver and and Mm. likes it i have never tried it i can't i look at it and i'm like "Mm." we pop on over to sarah and nick interrogating kyle he's saying you know he has no idea they're saying to him hey tell me about the liver nick is trying to kind of reason with him and telling him hey like i was you man right like i was i was a frat boat bro you're a frat bro yeah. like we can commiserate both being frat bros they have all these sayings they keep bringing up you know like that i'm sure people yeah it's like for the house and i'm sure it's common I was never in a frat. And so they claim, frat bros claim, that James begged for one more shot, and they did this swallowing raw liver trick. He accidentally choked. They gave the Heimlich. It didn't work. They freaked out. There was a lot, you know, a lot to lose. They would lose the house. So they, like, Kyle and Matt then, like, strung him up and made it look like a suicide to not lose their fraternity house. And And Kyle, Kyle mentions that uh, his dad is a top offense attorney. Like, just just, just so you know, daddy daddy is an attorney and I'm only going to get manslaughter, community service right yeah yeah so like yeah you know because like they 
we've also just been lying to the police for the last, you know, yeah. three days or yeah. whatever, eight hours, yep. however long it's been. Whatever. The, they don't, this show does not do great about letting you know the time elapsed. Mm-hmm. So now we get a Sarah and Nick walk and talk where Nick tells Sarah to slow down, which, again, mm-hmm. not the biggest fan. I feel like this is leaning a little bit towards the sexist side of things. I feel like it was delivered poorly. Like, it didn't have to be that way. Right? Yes. It's like, it's like, just like if, if the grissom would have been like, okay, I hear you, but let's take this one step at a time. Yes. I think you the know? delivery was not, was not great on this one, but they do end up talking about if frat bros had performed the Heimlich maneuver, there would be trauma to the body, which I do yeah. know because I have been trained several times in the Heimlich maneuver and they tell you not, well, not even the Heimlich, but um, in like mouth to mouth and yeah, CPR, CPR that basically you, you have to accept that you're going to probably break their ribs in the process. You are gut- like if you don't, you probably aren't doing it right. Yes, which is terrifying, but get used to it. Yeah, it's you it's those things are there to prevent things from crushing down on those organs and making them do things they're not supposed to do. Right. Boom, you're trying to do that because they're not working right. Right? Like yep. you're, you're trying to you're trying to create a forceful Yep. So Sarah and Nick are back with Daytime Coroner. There is no proof of the Heimlich maneuver being performed. Surprise! And they determine that the penis writing uh, is spelled out Jill to Delta. So this is Jill from the sorority that's represented by two Deltas. So they Delta. talk to Jill. And crazy enough, guess who her boyfriend is? Well, I thought it was Hal, but apparently it's Kyle. It's Kyle. <laughs> Hal slash Kyle. And she admits yeah. to doing the signing. Like, she she has no, like, she doesn't see anything wrong with this. She she says, basically, it's tit for tat, right? Like, we sign them, they sign us. This is a fair exchange. He mm-hmm. said he needed this. No big deal. Like, she does, she sees no problems with this situation. So at this, at this point, I have a full prediction that okay. it's definitely, definitely kills him rage over the girlfriend. Mm. Like it was intentional, right? Yes. Yeah, this was not an accidental death at this point. Yeah. It wasn't like I was picking on him extra. I was like, oh, no, you didn't like this kid. He got your girlfriend to sign his Johnson. What's a Johnson? What what do we mean by that? I mean, great name for the episode, by the way. Pledging Mr. Johnson. Pledging Mr. Johnson. It is awesome. And that his name was Johnson. And so... Yeah, I was like, I didn't, like, I don't think we knew about the way the, the, the cod made him choke, but it was pretty obvious that they made him choke on the cod, right? Yeah. And it's like that little, the details of how weren't super important. They they do, so we do talk about it a little bit, because Sarah and Nick return to the, the original crime scene, and that's when they find the fabric noose. Yes. Which Nick immediately calls a dingle dangle. Which I assume is a thing. Like, Maybe it's a thing. A, I didn't research common, it, but it must like, be a thing because uh, he immediately you. is like, oh, dingle dangle. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he knows what all these things are, right? The, yeah. He knew what a signing one. He knows what the, the put frat bros to frat bros. on the string, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's like implying that he's done all these things before. Right. And we pop on over to Warwick and Sanders doing their own little walk and talk. And this is, I think, just a reason to explain what Grissom is doing as far as his experiment to find the boat. This is a let's clue the audience in as to what Grissom is doing because then we move on to what I felt like it was a fairly substantially long montage cuts between Grissom's wave pool boat experience and Catherine physically searching for the boat. I felt this was a very long montage. 
I thought this was a great montage. I wrote, I wrote as such, this is a great montage. I was like the scene switching, the sort of 80s funk music. I was like, I'm all over this. I, was, I didn't I was, like it. I was yeah. all about this montage. I was like, they were like, we want to have a montage, and this is what it is. We're doing it up. 80s music, yeah. the whole, like, setting the scene. And so, I was pretty sure I knew exactly how it was going to end, right? Yep. So Catherine the end was going to the... find the boat. Kristen was going to figure it out at the same time. Exactly. Cause... So Catherine finds the boat south of Bearing Point Bridge, and that is also what Grissom's experiment showed at the end. And we go back to the Warwick storyline. So it's Judge, uh, the judge and Warwick at the park. Warwick is telling the judge that he needs assurances. And when the judge admits to what he's asking for, essentially, that's when Warwick signals and a whole bunch of cop cars show up, including one that contains Jim Brass, which evidently they're bros now, which they definitely were not bros in episode like one and two, but they're definitely bros now. Cop cars show up and they tell the, the judge that he's being taken into custody for obstruction of justice and a whole bunch of other uh, Not just a whole bunch of other things, also seven articles of scumbag. Yes, seven articles. <laughs> Which I wrote down. That's the most important, really, really. I was like, what a great, what a great brass. That's uh, brass at its finest. And I will say, Warwick has a great line here where, as they're, I think as they're leading him away, Warwick says, told you nobody owns me. Yep. And Which was, was like, the line line he used before, right? Yes. In either episode one or two, I can't remember exactly which right. one. I think it was episode two. Because mm-hmm. in episode one, we didn't know the judge was a bad guy. That is true. I think you're it right. I think it's like episode place, two. It was, yep. it was just like, place a bet for me and I'll yep. give you a Yep, word. nope. I think you're 100% right. I think it was episode two. Episode two was like, no, I'm an evil supervillain. <laughs> we were like, no, you're terrible. Wow. We pop on over to Sanders and Grissom in the lunchroom. Sanders is asking Grissom, husband or, or boyfriend. Grissom seems almost appalled at this question. And Sanders lets him know this was something he learned from Grissom. In where, when a spouse dies, it's almost always the lover or the betrayed. And Grissom seems, again, affronted that he said this. At this point, I would like to double down on my prediction that Swelko's wife is the killer. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, I thought they were, they were, but then I wrote in my notes, but we haven't met her yet. That's probably not, I I think I, I I said, I just said, but haven't met, question mark. I was like, wife? even more likely to be killer but haven't met yet yeah and i was thinking like all right they want you to think it's going to be person a person b right they're putting that thought into your head right but also his wife would have also been betrayed so it would also it was like not quite exactly two people like right right sanders is like oh it's going to be a person a or person b and it's like grissom because grissom has all these like he's mr jump to conclusions right yep. it's like it's like oh it's only ever this or that Right. And, 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 and he's retelling the story of Grissom telling him that. And, and then thinking like, oh, but the Grissom angle is he thought he's going to think a step further. Somebody else was betrayed as well. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, I get this. It's, You're like, it's the wife. I was like, I was ready to double down on it. If you if this was if this was actually Vegas, I would have been like, I would like to double down. Hit me one more time. I'm going to get a 20. I'm going to get a blackjack here. Yeah. So, as we try to figure out this mystery, we move on over to Catherine and Grissom investigating the boat. Catherine finds skin on the boat. Grissom, again, not listening. Again, tuning out the people that he's working with. Can't be bothered to to listen to people. Tunes out Catherine and finds blood. It was just like the dirt scene. Yes. Like, almost on purpose. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes, which does set up a scene later on in this episode. So I, I'm a little more okay with this one because mm-hmm. it, it partially helps set up a scene for later. So Grissom says that we know we basically we need to bring the boyfriend and Mr. Swoko in, and so we see Jim Brass leaving the interrogation room with Mr. Swoko. He lets Catherine and Grissom know that he supposedly cut his hand while cleaning fish, and that's how his blood ended up in the boat was because yeah. he cut his hand trying to clean fish. Which they don't really come back to but they don't really need to no they don't they don't yeah, they're like to. we're like we're gonna hold you here we're gonna go corroborate that yeah yep. and then if it's true i guess we're gonna have to let you go i i crossed my wires i thought they brought the husband in too but no he the just husband showed shows up. up he just showed up he just shows he does another him. creepy husband thing mm. where he just shows up so he shows up again Catherine ends up playing interference and kind of bringing him down the hallway away from Mr. Swelko. And this is when Catherine does tell him about the affair and she tells him that she's sorry, but she does tell him about the affair. So this is actually where I had that kind of note from before. I was like, but I made a new prediction, which is the husband is going to kill the boyfriend. Right. But I was like, boyfriend's wife is a killer, but like we haven't met her yet. (laughs) We still haven't met this woman. I was like that. I was like, I was was saying it earlier. I was like, I, I swear I wrote that down. And it's because it's in the next scene down. And it's like, it's like, this is where I was like, but how is she going to be the killer? We haven't even met her. <laughs> like, what a small bit part. They're just going to show up and arrest her. Yeah, just, but I still be like the end of How I Met Your Mother, where we meet her for like one episode, like, <laughs> like yes. one one hundredth of the show. Yeah. And then they I kill met, her off anyway. So who cares? I met your mother and now she's dead. <laughs> now she's dead. Spoiler alert. Then we have the conversation with Catherine and Grissom regarding the affair where Grissom is telling Catherine, like, hey, you can't make this about Eddie. And this is when Catherine kind of unloads on him and says, you know what? Do you want me to just be like you, you know, alone, doing your crossword puzzles in your house, no interactions? This is a heated scene. There are shots being fired. I want to give credit to both the the actors here that i felt like they both delivered it very well yeah i i think you also get the people who know each other very well right who have a history together yes they can have these moments like this in a much different way than people who don't have a friendship and she's hitting at him really hard because she's so frustrated with him right catherine is very frustrated Mm -hmm. that you know grissom isn't appreciating her human side here right yep and and so she's she's tearing into him and then grissom is just like yeah i'm all those things yeah he like, says he's deficient dude, just, like he says like me. i'm deficient in many things yeah he's not he's not afraid or intimidated by these things right there but he's like actually it's a townhouse <laughs> yeah he's, and they're not they're not genius they're advanced yeah he's talking about crossword puzzles, puzzles are genius not advanced right because she's just like but they know each other and it's that I don't know. Sometimes you're friends, you got to fight it out a little, yeah. And then and then you're fine afterwards. And that's yeah. that was our frustration. But it it was a really good scene. It was really well acted because it just felt like something you've seen two people do before. Yes, and it kind of wraps up with Grissom again. He admits that he's deficient in certain things, but he says that it, he never messes up his cases with personal stuff. And Catherine kind of has the like mic drop moment of of what personal stuff and there's 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 like layers of truth to that too because grissom is his job is so important to him yes it's a big part of who he is and how he evaluates his self-worth yes and 
And that's why he would never let his personal life get in the way. But a lot of other people, and Catherine is an example of this, to hopefully the audience, because I think the I think the, the yes, I think gen- the audience is supposed to be more with Catherine viewer, on this side. Yeah, the average viewer is more with Catherine. Is like you, your job is a job, and you can love your job and you can take it seriously. But like you have a lot of other components to your life that make up who you are, right? And you mm-hmm. can't discount those as part of your personhood. And 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 so it's it's it, it's a great juxtaposition. There are two characters of different ways of looking at it, and they've had this. I mean, we're four episodes in and we've had this push and pull of like putting the job first putting your life first right it's like oh can we let the the good guys win this time no we gotta do the evidence right right oh warwick you you let your personal ambitions get ahead and then that you know when with the uh with the war with the judge right instead of waiting and doing the right way and so like many episodes in a row we've had this thing where it's like grissom is like no like the job has to come first like you can't compromise the job you can't compromise the job and for Catherine, it's like you could tell she could not have cared one iota you could have fired her if you had to to tell her when she was being cheated on she would rather have known right then 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 continue to live this life with this person who is cheating on her pretending everything's okay it's a really big deal to her right and so they're at odds because they just have different belief systems at this point yeah and different lived experiences yeah and so but i think it's a really good scene because it captures that and this tension was going not only all episode but it's actually kind of been building for a few episodes and then it it ends with like this truce right yes Uh, or i don't know if it's that's later there's a later that happens in a later scene but yep. they get they get their they get their stuff out and and they, they and they move forward and that's also a really good like human story right like you you have to talk things through and you're not always gonna find the perfect solution but if you don't talk about your stuff with the people you're close to you're never gonna work it out yeah sometimes you have to have the hard conversations doesn't yeah. mean they're gonna be fun but you still need to have them and we talk about hard conversations uh, we move on over to Nick and Sarah into interrogating Matt and they're basically asking him how pissed off Kyle was about his girlfriend signing James is Johnson and they're kind Johnson's of Johnson. leaning on how Matt might be able to save the house if he comes clean like his only his only way to save the fraternity is if he's honest about what actually happened and Nick also lets him know that they found the string mm-hmm. and this is when we see the true reenactment of what happens so we see James showing off the signature how upset Kyle was Kyle telling him to meet him upstairs and then Kyle letting him know that like or telling him basically to get into the fraternity you just have to trust me to pull this liver back out like we're, you're going to swallow it you have to trust yep. me to pull it back out and then he just lets James yeah, it, choke on it made it look like maybe there was like he set it up so that he knew it wouldn't he could pull, yank it yep. right off and the liver would be stuck and I don't know if we are supposed to believe his goal was to kill him or to just cause him a great amount of discomfort and then he would like choke it up, right? But he has yeah, this know. like yeah. really sinister, like enjoying it too much look on his yes, face. Yes, he did. He he's, definitely like, touching did. himself and he's like really creepy in the reenactment, which like Matt wouldn't even know. <laughs> like that's just like no, the part you get to see as the audience that like obviously Matt wouldn't know, but yeah, and then Matt comes in right in the reaction. Yes, and this is when and they still like they string him up. They make him look. They make yeah. him look like a suicide. And, and he goes. He, importantly, he goes. Don't worry, my dad will protect the chapter. Yes, our dad. Yeah, 
and and I want to say Ooh, that yep. they've been talking to Matt. Matt has killed a person. Yes. Or not Matt. They've been talking to Kyle. Kyle, Kyle has killed a person. Kyle has killed Kyle's a dad is a high-powered defense attorney. Yes. A death has happened. His son is a suspect. Mm-hmm. Does he not like his son? It doesn't seem that. Yeah, it seems like, like he does not like Don't talk to the police. Right. Lawyer, lawyers are the first people to tell you, um, never talk to the police. No, even lawyer if you're innocent. Here, here's a fun fact, American audiences. Even if you're 100% innocent, don't talk to the police. Immediately get an attorney. Yep. Fun, fun let, fact. Even if you them, are 100% innocent, do not talk to the police. Get an attorney. Yeah. If they're asking you, if you think for a second that they're asking you for information and that, and, and that they don't think that what you've said is 100% true the first time, you should probably not be talking. Yep. Because all they're trying to do is build a case against you. Mm-hmm. And whether or not, and you never know if the cop you're talking to is a good person or a bad person right. is going to follow the right conclusions or wrong conclusions. But like you have, you have to always look out for yourself in these situations. And that's why we have lawyers. And, and but if like your dad's attorney, that's like the one loophole in the whole episode. I actually didn't k- think of this at all. The first watch through, it was the second watch through. I was like, this kid talks about his dad so much. And yet he never shows up to protect him from incriminating himself. Nope does it just let just let them dig dig that hole and jump right on in it so speaking of that we move to nick and sarah talking to kyle in jail letting him know that his basically his dad yeah. is not going to be able yeah. to help him and he that was, his buddy flipped he was already arrested he was yes. already in he was already jail. in jail like it, it, did he ask for his dad who was a lawyer because you probably shouldn't come in and talk to him afterwards <laughs> Because that's definitely not legal. That's not how the Miranda um, rights work. Yeah, you know, but yeah, it was it was kind of like where where is Dad? Dad took a sweet time. I don't think Dad likes Kyle, Kyle. much. Yeah, you know? Hell maybe Kyle's Kyle. like the fourth son. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the first. He's three like I got enough of them. It doesn't really matter if this one disappears. You know, third marriage or something. So we we go back to another storyline with Grissom and Catherine looking at the boat. They realize that they ran out of gas. Grissom wants Catherine to get inside of the boat where there's a very awkward more harder as he's telling her to pull on oh. the, the cord to start I miss that. the boat. It's it's awkward. And then we... I, go ahead. I, I had to like be like, okay, this is like for the audience and show. But like... I would not, I'm not the kind of person who would like take that situation very well. I was like, if you have something to tell me, just tell just me. Just tell me. Just tell me. Right? Don't, don't make me like take. Or, or provide me a little more information. Like, like get in the boat and pull, you know, imagine you're hurt. Get in the boat, pull on a few times. Let me know. How does your shoulder? Feel? And they would get in there and pull a bunch of times. You're like, oh, you're right. You're like, you know. Like Catherine wouldn't believe him if he, you know, that's like the kind mm-hmm. of reveal. But it's it's for TV, right? It's, it's for, for TV. it's for the the audience at home who doesn't know what's gonna happen. You get at that moment. But I was like, you guys just had a big fight, and I was like, this is this is like you're not treating her like an adult right now. <laughs> no, no. And we transition to another, or yeah, I guess another reenactment, the reenactment of this scene where we see that Wendy's out on the boat. It runs out of gas in her attempt to get it going again she's you know she's pulling the line up she ends up dislocating her shoulder hits her head on the side of the boat and then falls into the water and grissom and Catherine come to realize that it was just an accident no one no one killed wendy i mean it was an accident wendy wendy killed wendy wendy killed wendy but not like purposely unlike, wendy unlike, killed wendy accidentally wendy killed wendy unlike Catherine, wendy thought that you could just keep pulling on an engine and it would start when you're out of gas but also like good for wendy because 
they make a big deal that she died before she was in the water. Yes. So that head trauma must have been Severe. something else. Mm-hmm. But if you have to go, instantaneous, instantaneous. I don't care. Yes. It's so no, much better. 100%. Drowning. Dr- I have like a more. I have a bunch of sort of like morbid fears of like dying in general. But like, if it's gonna happen, all I really want in life is to not know it's coming. Yes. No, that's fair. You know, hundred percent fair. I just want to live my life, and then maybe it's just over randomly. That's fine. Yep. Uh, yep. I, 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 if I had a choice, I would choose that. Drowning is going to be one of those things where you just know you're screwed. It's painful. You know, it goes yes. on for a while. So I'm happy for Wendy that it was, yeah, it it was, was apparently over in like a second. Because yes. it doesn't take long to fall in the water. No. Nope. But but yeah, that head. And they said they had this whole thing, the, the head, also that it wasn't bleeding or anything. So no. they never really said if she broke her neck or anything. Like what the, no, they just said what like made head, it so instantaneous. But yeah, just inter- presumably, yep. presumably that, that head trauma killed her before she hit the water. So we have a quick scene before we get to the wrap up of the Grissom and Catherine case where Warwick and Grissom are talking and Grissom tells Warwick that he's that he's proud of him, but also warns him that the judge has a lot of soldiers. Yep. So there's a heartfelt, hey, I'm really proud of you. You did the right thing, but also watch your back. Yeah. So I don't know if the judge thing is over or it's coming on. Well, we'll find I'll, out. I'll, I'll have to wait and find out. I also like the notion that the judge is going to get off, right? And then he's going to be a judge again. And then Warwick's going to have to deal with Deal with him. You know, yeah. Also, we like, uh, they haven't really talked about Warwick. You, you still, you know, did all those other things for the judge. Like, you're culpable right. to that. Right. So we'll have to see what happens We've, we've learned that this, this show, they don't really like prosecuting a lot of people. They seem to let a lot of people go for a that's, lot of things. That's for a law and order <laughs> Las Vegas to cover. Yeah. Like this is, yeah, it's not this for is about the crime scene investigation, not crime scene trials. And so we we wrap up the the Wendy case with Grissom and Catherine arriving at Swelko's house, where Nick's prediction is correct, and the husband, one Mr. Them. One of them, yes, <laughs> the husband killed Mr. Swelko because he thinks that Mr. Swelko killed his wife. Which I I I feel a little. It also makes me feel a little bad because. It means Grissom was right. <laughs> right? It's like, Catherine, yeah, you, you kind of killed this guy. <laughs> yeah, like, you're, his death's sort of, his blood's sort of on your hands, my friend. Yeah. Even though they called it truce, still, oh. still I was correct and you were not. And they fade to black, which is important because I want to say, we did not have a perp walk in this episode. No perp walk. See, I told you, it wasn't always a thing. Yeah. No perp the, walk. The, everyone in a line, slightly staggered off. No. Slow motion video. Not every, not they every cut, episode. They must have cut it. I mean, Kyle <laughs> they, easily They had to have filmed it. When did Kyle get in jail? When did they actually arrest him? So, we'll yeah, never know. In, in the, I'll, I'll have to go buy the DVDs now and check for deleted scenes. All right, so that's the end of the episode. Nick, what are your thoughts on this episode? I like this. I like this good episode. It felt. I was thinking about you were saying like last episode that it wasn't like the two people die, you know, two investigations. I was like, this felt like really formulaic. Like this is mm-hmm. this is the pattern that the the show is going to follow. Work was kind of just like blowing in the wind most of the episode. I was yes. actually thinking like he didn't take the day off, but he also didn't really do anything all day. I mean. He just showed up. I'm sure there were things going on in the background, but he just kind of showed up to, to sting the judge at the end. But Warwick is still, like, for whatever reason, my favorite character in the show. Okay. So I wanted more. I want a little more Warwick, but I, I, we got a little bit of a switch up. I don't know that we've really had a, a Catherine 
Grissom combo. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. So I like the teams keep changing up. That was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. I had some predictions. I unfortunately the wife was not the killer. No, uh, no. But that was a I good mean, that was a good thought. I, 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 I appreciated a, I appreciated that angle, even though it yeah. wasn't correct. I appreciated that angle. Yep. And but yeah, no, I, I was good. I liked it. How about you? you? Yeah. So this is like a middle of the road episode for me. Don't love it. Don't hate it. I will say that I do enjoy that we got to learn a little bit more about the characters. So we got Mm -hmm. to see Sanders being playful. We got to learn that Grissom is an introvert, like an extreme introvert outside of work. We see Warwick evolving and confronting the judge. So, you know, I think I like, I definitely like those aspects of it. I think otherwise it's just a, it's an okay episode. Nothing, nothing terrible, nothing great. It feels like they're starting to lay some more things we had the, the, we kind of skipped over they had the whole scene of the bug the tarantula right they referenced the bugs in the first episode for grissom yeah they said he was a bug guy last yes. episode and they made sure to have him with a bug this episode and talk about it and i thought like okay they're they've they've got a writer's room now right they're working they're thinking about their plot into the future right because you know it's a new show you know you say it's a middle of the road episode this is only four there's only four episodes so if i were to rank them you know, yes. one to four, like, I don't know. I probably wouldn't write this as, as my favorite episode. I really like the casino episode. Yeah, so I think I, I would say out of these four episodes, that's probably also my favorite episode of, yeah. of the four episodes would be the casino yeah. one. But it's it's good. And, and it's very different than, say, like last episode, which I don't think I could watch a show of like kidnapper. Yeah. You know, only thing. But they also uh, no uh, no Grissom toys in this episode no there were no grissom like you know grissom bought this at a yard sale in 1986 for things you know there's oh i I did i did wonder why they no longer have access to a helicopter when they were looking for a boat (laughs) on on a lake um, maybe they only for packages, you know, not for boats. Only I mean, high-profile case. People, are, I mean, someone's life was on the line. It's possible. I actually, do you know? For a long time, I didn't know the the boat was like a dinghy. <laughs> like oh, a you thought it was like a yacht? Yeah. The guy, <laughs> have you seen that guy's house? That's true. But to be fair, that's the boyfriend's house, not the husband's house. We never really see the husband's house. Yeah. Well, the husband was no. I mean, like I was thinking it was the boyfriend's boat or something. But yeah, so uh, there, yeah, there were no real toys. But yeah, I liked it. It was a good episode. Okay. I look forward uh, to, to learning more. Yeah, so we will learn more next week where we review Season 1, Episode 5, titled Friends and Lovers. And in the meantime, feel free to follow us on Facebook. We are Who Are You, Colin, a CSI podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Who Are You, CSI pod. Or if you want to send us an email, who are you csipod at gmail.com we'd love to hear your feedback all right talk to you next week thank you